And so, uh, you know, we're going to get into a few things tonight talking about the power of oneness. Now, we're going to start this off right because Lou already started. He mentioned the Giants, the Knicks are in the playoffs. We haven't won a playoff series in 20 years, so Isabella doesn't know anything about basketball. I'm super excited. The Giants have a game on Sunday. I'm, I'm sorry, the Knicks have a game on Sunday. Uh, but tonight, but we're gonna... because we are one, whatever team you support, I support. Yeah, you see, she's preaching. She's preaching just, right I there. I just make the snacks. That's yeah, it. Look at your neighbor say she's preaching. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> you know, she, she's preaching already. Yeah, and so now my kids don't, they don't abide by that. They, no. they like, what, Daddy, what team do you like? And they always like rooting for the other team. And so <laughs> I want to smack them upside the head. But my wife, she has my back. All yeah. Right? So we thank God for that. All right, so tonight we're going to talk about uh, the power of oneness. And as I prayed over this, and we've already prayed for tonight, so um, let's let's just you know open up and we'll talk and, and put some stuff in the chat if you have any questions. We will have Q and A at the end, uh, but as we go, if if uh, if there's anything that comes up, we can address it. Obviously, we want to have some time for Q and A. So let's talk about the power of oneness. You got two grown people, right? A man and a woman that come together. Uh, in our case from you know different backgrounds actually there was a lot of similarities because we're both from the Caribbean but when you have two a grown man and a grown woman and you come together um and two the bible says are supposed to become one that's a mystery right you can put that in the chat that's a mystery so the mystery is that two become one where where two people actually come together and some way somehow you become one now it's been said that the longer you're married let me see how this works. That the longer you're married, the more you look like each other. I don't, I don't know how that works, you know, with everybody. You know what I'm saying? We're still working on that one right there a little bit, a little bit. She got lighter. I didn't get much darker. But, but we're trying to get there. Uh, but, but the Bible says two become one. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, this mystery. And we believe at BCMI that it is the will of God that we prosper in every area of our lives. So obviously we want to prosper in marriage and we want oneness. What we don't want in, in, in marriage is division or division, right? Mm -hmm. So what we want is to come together as one. Now, I will say, and then Isabella can correct me if she thinks I'm wrong or anything, but I will say that a lot of people do say that marriage is a lot of work. Um, in our case, I don't think it is. I, like in our case, right? I, meaning that, and I'll talk about that tonight. If I get up every morning wanting to be a blessing to Isabella, and she gets up every morning wanting to be a blessing to me, as long as you have that mindset, one towards another, it's really not that difficult. It becomes, I think, more difficult when one or the other party is selfish. So what, what do you think about that before we kind of get too deep into this? I don't think it's a lot of work. I just think you have to work towards your marriage, and it's not necessarily work. Because you have to be, you have to spend time being conscious about the next person, their feelings, you know, when it's time to compromise, when it's not, and all of that kind of stuff. So you have to work towards your marriage and spend time, it's not necessarily work, but developing your marriage, right? So I don't see that as work because, I mean, I love being married. I say, I think that's the best thing ever in the world is to be married. Like, seriously. You better preach. You know, you know so yes, I don't think that I work Towards my marriage, I think I grow. As we continue to grow, we find ways to develop ourselves and develop our as individuals and together as one. And in so doing that, we develop our marriage. Well, but the key word that you used tonight was compromise. Yes. So the, the challenge is for those that are that are there, and you can put this uh, in the chat if you want, but um, uh, for the word compromise, 
Yeah, somebody said Ebony, Ebony and, and Ivory. Ivory. Living together in <laughs> harmony. All right, here we go. All right, but uh, the, the key word from a compromise perspective is the fact, just like I said, the problems arise when one or the other party becomes selfish. Right. So the problems are when one, either the husband or the wife says, what about me? Right. So it, it, so if you just get up every morning and like I, Rick's attitude is, I just want to be a blessing to Isabella. Right. I know how she likes her her latte in the morning. Yeah. And I, I know how she she says I make it better than Starbucks. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so I got to make her latte every morning. And when she comes down, it's already on the counter. Yes. Right. What's in it for me? I'm not trying to and get when, nothing out. And of when it. you're not there, I don't drink latte. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm not trying to get nothing out of it. I'm just doing it because it's my wife, right? And so as long as I take that perspective, I know I'm going to be taken care of because she's living with the same attitude. The problem comes when I say, "What about me?" And one of us gets to the position where it becomes about us. That's where the issues arise. So if you want to be one in your marriage, one of the things that you're going to have to do is, it's the same thing. If you want to be one with Christ, you have to die to self. You can put that in the chat. Yeah. Uh, like Pastor Tony said, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Yeah. You have to get over yourself. So, and you have to think of as both of us being one. And, and those of you on here too, you and your spouse is one. When you do that, you'll get over yourself, meaning the wife get over herself, the husband gets over themselves, and then start thinking as their self as one. So you will do selfless thing for each other because you see, if you do something good for your husband or you do something good for your wife, it affects your marriage together because you're one. So you stop thinking about yourself and trying to see like, you know, I will put my 100% in my marriage, right? And if you put 100%, we may lack, but we're still above 100%. But some people want to put in 50 and 50, and that's when they lack things because one person is feeling 35 today, the other person is feeling 50, they're, under 80, they're at about 85. So you have to put, always be thinking of your spouse and always be thinking of what makes you all happy together as one. All right. So let's see what the Word of God says about oneness. And we're actually going to try to cover, I think I have seven things to talk about tonight. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get through all seven. Those of you that watch today's word, you know how I roll. Sometimes it'll be three, four things. Sometimes I'm like, I can't get through it. So we'll see whatever we get through. I'll try to get through seven if we can get it. All right. So number one for tonight, and uh, actually I'll be putting some of this in the chat. So to help you out, Lou, because I know you're trying to take notes. All right. But number one for tonight is the foundation of oneness. I'm going to talk about God's original design for marriage. So whenever you want to know, there's a there's a, a law of biblical interpretation. Tomorrow I'll be teaching homiletics at Victory Bible College. Uh, so I teach homiletics. Somebody has to teach hermeneutics before me. But from a hermeneutics perspective, Isabella's like, these people don't know what that is. Okay, let me tell you what that is. Hermeneutics is biblical interpretation. Homiletics is sermon preparation, how to preach. Art's been in my class. A few of y'all have been in my class. So... Um, so anyway, from a biblical interpretation perspective, one of the rules of biblical interpretation is the law of first mention. What is the law of first mention? That if you want to know what God really meant about something, you took, you go to where he first mentioned it in the Bible. Right. So this is the first mention of marriage. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. The two become one. This is why. For this cause, marriage, a man leaves, watch this, you gotta, even if you're a mama's boy, you gotta leave your mother, right? right? Even if you're a daddy's girl, you gotta leave your daddy. Leave your mother and your father and cleave 
to your wife and the two become one. So you have to leave in order to cleave. So there is there's this mm, this, this is good. This, this, leave, you know, in order to cleave. to cleave. Yeah, there's this principle <laughs> that you have to be detached and deconnected from other relationships and give your full priority to your marriage. Your marriage relationship, other than your relationship with Jesus, this is the highest priority in your life. It goes Jesus and then your spouse. And then your kids. Don't get that messed up either, right? So it goes Jesus, spouse, then kids. Some people put their kids above their spouse. That's out of order. For this cause shall a man leave his father, leave his mother, be joined to his wife, and the two, the Bible says, become one. Now, this is Genesis 2 and 24. This is also found in Matthew 19 and 5, Mark 10 and 8, and Ephesians 5 and 31. But the, the goal is to leave and to cleave and to unite. And so when you leave and you cleave and you unite, the Bible says to become one. Now, this is the mystery of marriage. It's a spiritual thing. How can two become one, right? How can two separate people become one? Like, like I am, am I losing myself in, in, in her? Is she losing herself in me? Well, we're still individual individuals, but collectively we have a unified vision. Watch this. And let me say something about being uniform and unified. You can be unified without being uniformed. Uniform, right. And you can be uniform without being unified. Without being unified. So the Bible says that as a husband and wife, we're supposed to we're supposed to walk together in unity. That's unity is not uniformity. So I, Isabella doesn't have to dress like me. She doesn't have to look like me. Like, like sometimes people look at us crazy because she'll be all dressed up like these flowing dresses and all that. She'd be like, oh my God, like glamorous, like a movie star going to church. And I got on Jordans and a hoodie. And, uh, and it's like, y'all, y'all married? Y'all, y'all don't look like what? We don't have to be uniform to be mm-hmm. unified. Our hearts are unified. Right. Right. And so, so there's a different, now, now conversely, you'll see some people coming out of Korea. I don't know what it is. I know what it is. Cause I was stationed in Korea. People coming out of Korea, their husband and wife got matching clothes. But them jokers fighting and arguing, right? So, so they're uniform, but they're not unified. The goal is to walk in unity for two to become one. We're supposed to be unified, and you don't have to be uniform. And so right. there's this there's this oneness that comes when we watch this. We complement one another. We support mm-hmm. one another. We strengthen one another. In the Old Testament, what happens? What what used to happen in the Old Testament was you have a tribe, and I have a tribe. Mm-hmm. Okay, where I. I'm strong in a lot of areas, but there's an area where I'm weak. Oh, wow. You're strong in a lot of areas, but there's an area in where you're weak. But where you're weak, I'm strong. And where I'm weak, you're strong. Let's form a partnership, a covenant. And what would happen is in the old covenant is when two tribes would come together like this. And so they would eliminate each other's weaknesses. And so what happens is I'm supposed to come together with my wife. She's supposed to come together with me. We support one another. We strengthen one another. And we should eliminate each other's weaknesses. Right. But that doesn't happen, watch this, if it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about being intentional. So intentionality, uh, what I see there is and commitment and willingness. Like mm-hmm. you got to come together, together, right? And right. it has to be on purpose. This is not going to happen by happenstance, right? No. No, You. that's why I said you have to... You have to um, look at your marriage and you have to work towards, you know, your marriage. It's not just going to happen because both of us were grown adults when we came together. Right. I mean, we didn't get married when we were babies and then we learned to grow up with each other from the time we were babies. 
We were grown adults when we come together. Most people that get married are grown adults before they come together. Well, they're supposed to be, you know, they say the men take a little bit longer to mature. Is that true? No, I'm okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> Well, for, for for Elder Marty, yes. But the rest of us, we're, we're kind of... Uh, uh, but uh, I'm just joking. But I'm just saying, like, it's two adults that come together. So I was already... I already had a lot of stuff in me that made me me. And you had a lot of stuff in you that made you you. And now we got to look at those two things and we got to bring them together. Right? We got to figure out how to bring that together. Yeah. But God... Right. Yeah. Okay. So so let me let me break this down a little bit. This is just still the first point. So I don't know if I'm gonna get through all seven. <laughs> but but if you're not intentional, oneness is not gonna happen, right? So for two people to come together as one, watch this. You have to matter of fact, I'll put this in the chat for you guys. Wait, is this mom? You interrupted the class Sorry. to ask that question? Because mom was waving over there. All right. <laughs> all right, that's Nikita, I don't know. Okay. All right. So you have to no, that's not her. Uh, you have to intend to do it. You have to commit to do it. I put it in the chat. You have to be willing to do it. Mm -hmm. And then when you come together, so after you say, hey, we're going to do this thing, we're going to get married, right? And after like the, the honeymoon phase wears off, you're like, dog, I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. And they're going to be with me for the rest of our life. So we got to build a life together. We got to compromise. So to that point is before I met you, I had plans. Right. Before you met me, you had plans. Right. And so now that we come together... We got to submit all of those plans to God. Mm -hmm. Just like before you got born again, you have plans. Right. And then when you come to, when you come to God, you got to submit all of that to God. God might say, okay, 72% uh, of your plans wasn't me. So you can eliminate all of that. Mm -hmm. So when we come together, we got to be like, okay, well, this is what I plan to do. This is what you plan to do. But how do we make it happen? We're going to have to come together and compromise. Right. So what does compromise mean? Compromise, well, if only one person is changing... If only one person is giving up something, that's always not, giving up something. Oh, yeah, but only one side. Only one side. That's not compromise. Nope. That's manipulation. manipulation. Yeah, that means now I, I'm not compromising. I'm actually manipulating you because I'm forcing you to change, but I'm not willing to change. Right. Compromise means that both sides, for two to come together as one, it can't be one person. It has to be both sides. Both sides have to die. Both both sides have to die to, to sin so, and self and selfishness mm -hmm. in order to come together for a unified goal. Right. Both persons have to be in it. One it can't just be one side. Right? Mm -hmm. So Rick says, I had plans before I met you. Isabella says I had plans before I met you too. Okay, so together we're like, okay, well, now we let's take all of those plans to God. Let's lay it out and see what God wants. Right. And it's not about what I want. It's not about what you want. Ultimately, we need to see what God wants. And at the end of the day, all of those plans are going to merge. And now we have unified plans and we have a unified vision and we have unified goals. It's just like when we were talking about kids, right? And I said, I wanted 10. And you were like, uh-uh. The devil is alive. <laughs> Uh, that's like two he was, basketball he was teams. Like, he was like, no, yeah. but I was like, yes. I mean, it's so amazing if you have a lot of kids just running around. Mm -hmm. And we really had to talk about that because it was important to me. I grew up with a lot of my aunts and my uncles and all my cousins. We all just grew up together because I grew up, my grandmother raised me. So, and she had over nine kids. So, and then I married Ricardo and he's like, no, 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 babe. We're not having 10 kids. So I had to really think about it and understand where he's coming from. And I know why he's not having two kids because his mom only have two kids, his sister and himself. So of course he looks like 10 as being a basketball 
Two basketball teams. Two basketball teams. <laughs> but um, I'm looking like the more the merrier. So that's part of compromising. Of course, we just end up with four kids, just four of them. But um, it was a compromise I had to make on my side to understand that, hey, he does not want 10. Where do we, where do we get to together in the middle what is going to be pleasing for the both of us now that we become one? And it's not that difficult. Like I put in the chat, when both sides are committed to making it work. Mm -hmm. When both sides are like, hey, look, I'm going to compromise. There's some things I'm going to give up. There's some things you're going to give up. Right. And together, we're going to become one. All right. So that was number one. Mm -hmm. all, right, let's, all right. Number two, let's talk about communication. Communication is actually one of the most critical parts of a marriage or any relationship is communication. Let me give you a scripture. Babe, you read Ephesians 4 and 29 from the New Living Translation, and, the and then I'll read it from the Passion Translation. Okay. And I'll put that in the chat as well. Go ahead. So Ephesians 4 and 29 in the New Living Translation says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So a marriage is not going to work if you're cursing your spouse out. Right. A marriage is not going to work if you are being demeaning or demoralizing to your spouse. That's not going to work. Ephesians 4 or and 29. Or crushing their dreams. Or crushing their dreams, you think yeah. about something, you try to turn them down or, right. or make them think like they, they're not supposed to think. You're the man of the house and you're supposed to do all the thinking. So, you know, some people think like that in their marriage. You know, well, I'm the man of the house and God didn't tell me. Why did God tell you? So I'm going to see the wrong and wait for God to tell me. You know, so that's not, that's not very good. It's not going to help. Yeah, we're going gonna to talk about hearing from God here in a minute mm -hmm. and how both ha have to hear from God. So from the Passion Translation, it says, never let, well, the King James says, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of thy mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that they may minister grace to one another. The, the Passion Translation reads better, never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth. Instead, let your words become like beautiful gifts that encourage others. And do this by speaking words of grace to help them. So when I'm speaking, I'm releasing grace. I'm ministering grace to my wife. I'm building her up and I'm never tearing her down. I'm not going to allow any, any negative word, any unproductive word to proceed from out of my mouth. I'm here to build her up and not to tear her down. And so, the same thing, I think, one thing I love about you, you will not let anybody speak to me in any kind of way. You will not let anybody... Because I'm from Brooklyn. You know yeah. speak to me demeaningly or to say what they want to say. And sometimes I stand by and I see while wives are in the vicinity of their husband and somebody else is addressing that wife. And I'm looking like, are you seriously going to stand there and let somebody talk to your wife like that? And I say to myself, I know if my, that was my husband, that would never happen. So you always also, not just your words as, huh? I had to get my little, I had a little steam built up this brother Warren. I said, don't do it. Oh, so I said, not only, I mean, I said, I know my husband will never allow that to happen. He does not speak demeaningly to me and he will not stand there and allow anyone to do it. But I'm a very powerful and strong woman myself. I will definitely not allow someone to speak to me like that. So... Um, it's not just words that comes from your spouse. Look at the people that surround your spouse and make sure you provide that cover, whether it's male or female, provide that cover for your spouse that you do not allow people to use foul languages and mean words to your spouse. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, 
um, the Bible says, and I remind people, you know, about this. The Bible says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Isabella submitted to me. Now, not every husband, just her husband. Right. So she submitted to me. Not every man. No, no, no. She submitted to me and I'm submitted to God. That's it. So wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And so, and as husbands, of course, we got to be submitted one to another. So as, as born again believers, first of all, you should never speak negative over yourself, over your children, over your spouse, over your marriage. Like it, it would be very difficult, especially if you're a member of VCMI, you've been a member of VCMI for a while. It should be hard for you to speak negative. Mm-hmm. because that's not how we talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor, never the victim. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. what? Or, you know? So, I mean, like, that's how I talk. I mean, I'm not going to talk negative. I'm not going to talk defeat. It's hard for that to come out of my mouth. But you should never allow those types of words to come out of your mouth towards your spouse. And what you want is open and honest communication in marriage. So here's mm-hmm. the thing. What you don't want to do is if something is not right and something is bothering you, don't harbor it. Don't develop a root of bitterness. You got to communicate with your spouse and tell them. You got to have, you got to make time for heart-to-heart conversations. Mm -hmm. So you might want to put that in the chat. You got to make time for heart-to-heart conversations. You got to make time to talk about stuff that you really need to talk about so that you're not going to sleep bitter, angry at your spouse. Right. Now, here's another one. Practice active listening. listening. Now, what is active listening? Isabella saying something to me? Now, if, if Isabella saying something to me, now, I used to be really bad at this, so I'm going yes. to be honest, but I'm, I'm better now. But if Isabella saying something to me, and while she's talking, I'm like formulating my response. Oh, he wants man. to fix it. Yeah, and I'm just waiting for a pause so I can get in. <laughs> like, you know, she's talking. I'm waiting for a pause so I can be like, I can get in. And just, so I'm formulating my response and I'm not listening. And he's trying to fix it. And I may not necessarily need him to yeah. fix it. I may just want him to listen to what I'm saying. You know, so active listening is, in very, is very important. Don't try to fix everything your spouse is saying. Because they might, not, they might just need a, a, a sounding board. And not necessarily for you to go, you, he did what? She did what? I'm going to take care of that. I'm, or I could solve it. This is the way you solve it. And that's not necessarily it. So you have to know your spouse and not what works for your, for your marriage. Because as one, but... Active listening is extremely, extremely important. You know, communication is one of the number one things in your marriage. So, um, so yeah, from an active listening perspective, you want to listen to understand. Right. I put that in the chat. Not just listen to respond. Right. Right. So you 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 want to definitely consider that and just not be quick to like. You don't have to get the last word. And then something that Isabella said, and I'll move on from from this point. But something that Isabella said just now. For most, for men that are like me, like I'm a type A plus plus type of guy. Square root times yeah. five. So I'm a hyper type A kind of guy. Don't bring me a problem if you don't want me to fix it. And so, so women have this weird thing, and this is weird to men. Women have this weird thing to where sometimes they don't want you to fix it. They just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you telling me then? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, if you're telling me there's a problem, I'm going to fix it. And if you... Why you cry? I don't know. Well, I would never cry if I don't know why I'm crying. You know what I'm saying? Like that don't make no sense to me. So don't bring me something if I ain't gonna fix it. And but but I had to learn that sometimes it's weird like that. Sometimes they just want you to listen, and that's like, okay, I'll do what. If that's all you want, that's about the easiest thing I could do is listen. I'll listen. 
But 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 some, we as men, we're ready to go fix it. Right. And so anyway, I'll move on from that. Number three, the power of oneness in decision making. Say decision making. All right. So now let me talk about decision making. All right. You got to make decisions together. Mm -hmm. Going back to manipulation. If one person is always making all the decisions, then that's not God. Oh, and let me help you brothers out real quick. All the brothers out there. I know that you're the prophet. Put in the chat. I'm the prophet the priest, the pastor, and the king of my house. All right. Yeah, I got you. I'm the prophet, the priest, the pastor, and the king of my house. I got you. Say amen to that. Yeah, all, <laughs> a, amen. All capital letters. But let me help you out. God can speak to your wife. Yep. And God will speak to your wife things that he did not speak to you. Yep. And you got to get over it. And you got to get over yourself. God, you are not the only one that hears from God. Correct. Let me help the brothers out. You don't have a monopoly on hearing from God. Correct. And so... So you have to listen to God when God speaks through your wife. There's a lot of times where, where God will say something to Isabella that he didn't say to me. And instead of me saying, God, why didn't you tell me? I just have to accept it as the word of God because it's no less the word of God than the word of God. Like when God asked us to, to ask me to start Inspired Solutions. Yeah. You know, God didn't speak to you about that. He spoke to me about it. And your heart was prepared when I came to you. And being the awesome husband that you are, who always lift me up, who always got my back, who always there for me, you know, no matter what, you said, as long as I, that's what God tell you to do, let's do it. And look at where we are right now with Inspired Solutions. But if you were that type of husband that say, well, I'm going to sit here and wait till Jesus tell me because I'm the head of this household. He needs to talk to me first. We probably would have never have Inspired mm -hmm. Solutions because it was not a word for you. Right. It was a word for me. So Inspired Solutions is Isabella's company. She's the CEO. And actually, I have some involvement, and I'm about to have a lot more involvement in Inspire Solutions soon. But to her point, uh, February 27th, 2015, she woke up and said, babe, the Lord told me to start a company today. Will you start a company today? Like, I need you to morning. incorporate a company today, and it's called Inspired. I was like, Inspired what? She was like, I don't know. And I said, okay, it's Solutions. And we, we, we started Inspired Solutions. But the Lord didn't tell me. And, and so when whenever anything would happen with Inspired Solutions, I go back to what did God say? Now, here's the thing. God didn't say it to me, but God did give me the confirmation that he said it to her. Right. So, just, so at the end of the day, remember, the two become one. Right. And if God speaks to one of you, it's the same as speaking to both of you. Ooh, that right. was good. You might want to put that in the chat. And the church said amen. So, <laughs> so if, if God speaks to one of you, it's the same as talking to both of you. Now, he will give a confirming word, a word of confirmation right. to the other spouse but that's where you just got to be there to support one another. Right. And then from a decision-making process, this is where you got to compromise. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what you want is not what's going to happen. Sometimes, like, you can't just get your way all the time. Mm -hmm. At, like, like, like if, for example, if, if, um, okay, let's, I'll go use. Go to the restaurant. Uh, going to the restaurant. That's an easy one. There's some food that Isabella don't like mm. that I like. Right. And so, but you know, we'll go to Mexican make, food. Don't like it. We'll go to make sure we eat whatever she likes. But every once in a while, I'm like, hey, you know, can we go here or whatever? Uncle right. Julio's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get some guacamole. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, so, uh, but whatever. But, but the point is, it can't just be one side. Right. Like, like what, what you want to do is there needs to be compromise on both sides. And when you have a unified vision for the family, this is why having a vision for your household, I think we've talked about that on other all times. Other times, yeah. Uh, where we got on here, where we talked about having a unified vision for the household. When you have a unified vision for the household and you cast that vision, then both of you have to 
submit. Like submission means I am submitted to the mission. Right. And so, so I am submitting to the overall vision of the household and that's for both of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's team Pina. It's both of us. It's not Rick Pina. It's not Isabella Pina. It's team Pina. Right. And so we have one mission and that mission is together and we're Pina's and we're doing this together. It's Rick and Isabella. That's it. And, and so I, uh, if I go somewhere without Isabella, people be like, I mean, people like that are my people would be like, where's Isabella? I'm like, well, I'm standing right here. Like, what about me? What about Rick? You know what I'm saying? And so, no, but it's Rick and Isabella Pena. Same thing happens to her. So you got to come together as one and have a unified focus as a team. Say amen to that. Yep. All right, let's talk about conflict conflict resolution. I've I've done some teaching on this as well. How do you you deal with disagreements? Agree to disagree. Well, no, but I'm I'm talking about resolving. Yeah, yeah. Not just agree to disagree. You know what I'm saying? Not talking about resolving. You, you, you agree to disagree. That's what uh, maybe, let me see. That's what Lou, Lou does with Sabrina, maybe. I don't know. But I'm talking no. about. Now, yeah, yeah. Lou's like, yeah, yeah that's me right here. No, no, I'm talking about how do we resolve it? Okay, how do we resolve it? Well, what you want to do, when you resolve conflicts, it actually brings you together. Yeah. Like, like you got to be battle tested. Mm-hmm. You got to go through some stuff. Matter of fact, you don't even know your spouse that well. Until you you're a at a situation where you want something that they don't want. That's how you're really going to know. Matter of fact, you don't, like people that you call your friends, you don't even know them as friends until they come to you and ask you for something that you can't do or that you say no. How they respond, that's how you'll know if they're really your friends. Right. Them, them family members that call you for money all the time, you don't even know if they really love you until you say no. Mm-hmm. When you say, oh, no, this time, yeah, no, I'm not led to give you no money. See how they react. That, that's how you know where, where they're at. And so this is how you grow in marriage. How do you grow in marriage? Well, I don't like that. Ooh, you for real? You don't like that? No, I don't. I didn't like what you did right there. Right. Okay, let me see how she's gonna react. If she reacts, well, forget you then. Oh, now we got a problem. But if she reacts, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to buy it. My bad. You know. I mean. So okay. Uh, all right. Got it. That's weird. You know, I didn't think that was a big thing, but obviously it bothered you. So I'll make sure I don't do that again. Right. So if the, if your spouse has a spirit of humility mm-hmm. when it comes to conflict and you guys can actually come together to resolve an issue, it's going to promote unity. It's going to bring you guys right. even closer together. That's James 4 and 6. So what you want to do is you want to practice forgiveness. Uh-huh. You want to practice grace, love. love, and remember that that both of you are imperfect. Mm-hmm. That nobody, nobody's right. So here's some steps, things that you can do to resolve conflict. And I'm going to put this in the chat. You go through these, babe. Yes. The first thing you could do is pray together, right? Um, together. Together. I mean, I, we all have our own prayer life, but we have to pray together. Like our spouses come together and pray together. Pray over the mission of your home, the vision of your home, what you see for your family, over your children, over your marriage. But we have to pray together, Right. We have to work through and brainstorm solutions together. Like if something comes up, we have to figure it together, not just my husband. I know for us, my husband, we plan on doing something and my husband is like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's see the pros, the cons, like, you know, what did God say? Let's bring it together. Let's talk about it. And then at the end, if he makes a decision, we already talked about it, right? Mm -hmm. If he makes a decision, let's just say, for example, he make a decision and he was not the right decision, or it is not the decision that I would have made. One thing I know that we've never, ever, ever done in our marriage, regardless of who makes the decision, and that decision was not successful, we've never said, I told you so. 
Or we never went and say, oh, you messed up. You should have picked mine instead. Or you should have listened to what I told you. We never do that. Yeah. Together, we make a decision. And if he chooses to make a decision and I'm, that's not the one I think he should pick, I support him in that decision. And if that decision fails, oh, well, so be it. We get up, we look at it, and we figure out how to fix it, and we move on. But um, you have to learn how to come together and brainstorm solutions together because if you don't do it together, you're always going to blame the next person for making that decision because you are not part of the decision-making process. So work and brainstorm solutions together. The third thing is agree to a common solution. So it can't just be my idea, your right. idea. Like we talked about it. Right. And this is what we decide. Decide to do. Together. Mm -hmm. And then we come to an agreement on what we're going to do. And, and then we hold we hold each other accountable to it. Right. And then we move out. And if you do that on a regular basis, you'll see that you'll be able to knock down more walls. And then you actually grow stronger together as a couple because you you've actually been going through like you've been through some stuff. Right. Like as as a as a married like as a believer, you got to go through some stuff. Like you got to have some battle scars to actually be anointed. And so it's the same thing in a marriage. Like if you haven't been through anything, then then how do, your marriage is not at the level that God wants it to be. Like there, there's there's a certain level of opposition and challenge and experience. Like Pastor Tony said, you can't just know God in a book. You got you got to you got to have some real life experiences in order to mature as a believer and also in your marriage. Right. So number six, the power of oneness in balancing priorities. Now, here's That's a big- extremely important. This is a big one for us. That's because a big one for us. We have- Isabel, So much going on. We got Inspired Solutions, <laughs> Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. Um, she's on the board of, of multiple Two. nonprofits. Mm -hmm. I'm on the board of multiple nonprofits. Uh, we, I also work for Worldwide Technology, uh, obviously, she's running a business. We have stuff in the Dominican Republic. We, we got a lot of stuff going on. At the same time, tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, obviously, we're on staff at VCMI. We got stuff there. We're administrators. Tomorrow, we got a soccer game at 8.30 in the morning, and we have another one at 1.15 in the afternoon. And at the same time, tomorrow, I'm teaching Victory Bible College, and I got to teach for three hours tomorrow. And so we got two soccer games tomorrow. We got VBC going on. Right now, we got one son that's coming back from a senior trip, and I'm waiting for him, him to text me. Isabella might have to take off here in a minute and go pick him up at the high school. We got and went one son upstairs. We got two other kids that are married with children. So we got a lot of stuff going on. When you have all of this stuff going on, you guys got to communicate. Yes. And you got to balance priorities. You, you got you to gotta effectively communicate and, and, and just say, listen, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And watch this. When you're when you're balancing all of these things, this is the danger. The danger is for you to be, it's dangerous for me to be on the soccer field, but then for me not to be on the soccer field. So let me explain. If I'm on the soccer field with my son, but my mind is at VCMI, or my mind is on Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, or my mind is on uh, Inspire Solutions, and I'm dealing with something from the Dominican Republic, then I'm not really giving myself to the DR and I'm not really giving myself to my son on a soccer field. When you are doing something, be present. Like make, the, make a decision, establish what your priorities are, and then be present in the moment. Because your children, our children know that we have a lot of stuff going on, but when we're with them, we need to be with them. And, and they know that. And it's the same thing for your marriage. Yeah. When you say you're going to be with your spouse, you need to be with your spouse. If you're going to spend some time together watching a movie, you should not be on your cell phone frozen for Facebook and minding everybody else's business on social media and answering to all this stuff. If you're going to spend an hour with your spouse, make that hour count. Because for us, we're so busy. 
our time together is extremely, extremely important because for me, I'm going to be gone three weeks in a row. I leave on Monday, come back on, on Sunday. Then I leave again on Tuesday. Then I come back on Friday. So in between, if we have an hour, the hour needs to be spent intentionally with each other and growing our marriage. Or with the kids. You know, or with the kids. Or whatever but, we decide. But, yes. But the point is we decided this is the priority for whatever we're doing in that moment. And then we need to do it. Now, sometimes you're going to prioritize. There are other things that are going on, but but you got to be very intentional. Somebody put that in the chat and you got to commit to that, right? I mean, like, so that you can have mutual goals. So you plan and watch this. You got to plan your alone time and then stick to it. You got to plan your family time and stick to it. One thing that because we're so busy, one thing I will say is we take good vacations. Yeah. <laughs> because we're so busy <laughs> that, that when we're on vacation, we're on vacation. Like right. I'm not, I'm like out, out of 5,000 G, like we out of here. And so I let people know, I mean, I'm not doing today's word for two weeks. I'm gone, you know? And so we gone. And, and we, when we're there, when we're on the beach, we're on the beach. And when we're on the DR, we're in the DR and whatever. But, but be present, make sure you plan stuff. And we have trips that we take without the kids. Just us. Yeah. There's trips that we take. And there's no kids. Actually, we're going to Vegas in about a week and a half, and there's no kids. <laughs> Jesus, thank you, Lord. And so, like, you got to plan trips with no kids. And so, you can put that in the chat. Hashtag no kids. Thank you, Lord. And so, like, you gotta you gotta have time for yourself. You gotta have time for your spouse. And so, you make time. You make time for the kids. You make time for your business. Your for profit. Your nonprofit. All of that stuff. You can do it, but you're gonna have to plan it out. Come up with a plan. With communicate it, and then stick to it. And not just one spouse doing all the work, one spouse doing everything, like taking the kids to the game, do, taking care of the house, doing all of that, where the other spouse chill out watching the, the game because it's the basketball season. You know, so it's not just one spouse doing everything. It's a shared commitment. And when you make that plan together, stay with the plan because it's a shared commitment. Um, whether you're spending time together or doing something, it's a shared commitment between the both of us. Yeah. One of the coolest things, and then I'll move on to point number seven. One of the coolest things, this uh, this spring break, we were in Thailand. But last year, spring break, uh, Josh was home. All right. Uh, you see, we're balancing stuff right there. Our <laughs> high schooler that went on the senior trip, he just got home. So thank thank the Lord for that. All right. But um, last year, spring break, we were in St. Kitts and Nevis. And we were in the middle of a rainforest taking a guided tour through a rainforest where we were like climbing up the side of a mountain and all kind of crazy stuff. And as we're going through this rainforest, Isabella's phone rings. And she looks at it and it was for her business. And so she said, hold on for a minute. I got to take this phone call. So she takes the phone call. That leaves me and Joshua and Ethan with the tour guide. And Ethan, who's 10 years old now, was nine at the time. And one of the coolest things was Ethan says to the tour guide, because the tour guide is like, this lady answered the phone and Ethan said, hold on for a minute. My mother runs her own business. She just got this phone call. It won't take long. As soon as she's done, we can continue on with the tour. I was like, check him out. I mean, like, like he knows, like, I mean, he knows that we, we balance all this stuff. And so, so he was like, not even a big deal. Like my mom, like my kids know when they're in the car and I get a call and his work stuff. And I'm like, yo, I'm about to get a call. They're like, they just shut up. And I take the call, I do what I gotta do, and then and we move on, right? So they will adjust because they know that I'm making a way for me to have time with them, but we're balancing a lot of things. And so as long as you communicate that, you guys will all come together as one. Amen? Mm -hmm. All right, number seven, last point, and then we'll open it up for Q&A. The power of oneness in supporting each other's dreams 
and aspirations. Oh, yeah. And so Ephesians 5 and 21 from the easy to read version says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. And so Isabella doesn't just submit to me. I submit to her too. And we, you got to encourage one another, be there for one another. Here's some examples I put here um, uh, like that you can highlight and I can highlight too. Right. Like, we already talked we already about, talk inspired. about inspired solutions. So it's this, like the school in DR, right? God placed it upon my heart because, I mean, I went to DR and I, and I saw the conditions of the kids. I'm like, why are they not in school? And God placed it These on my heart. These were Haitian children. They were Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. And to make a long story short, I think most of you all have probably already heard that story before. But um, I, we sat bugging my mother-in-law to figure out why this kid's not in school. And then she tells us about the tension between the Dominican Republic and the Haitian kids and all of that stuff. And we came back to the U.S., but I couldn't get that stuff out of my mind. So I started praying about it. And God said to start the school in the DR. And I talked to my husband about it. And he was like, once again, he's like, okay, if that's what God says, let's go ahead. And the rest we could say now is history. And it's just amazing how God lined everything up. And I mean, my husband is fired up about DR just as much as I'm fired up about DR. He loved this, our kids just as much. As, when I call them our kids, all 175 of them is my kids, okay? So <laughs> our kids as much as I love our kids. So that was one of the places where God really brought us together, even if it's something that God spoke to me, but God solidified in his heart also. And he sold out about the project just as I am. Yeah, I mean, so God spoke to my wife about Inspired, not to me. I support it. God spoke to my wife about the stuff in the DR, not me. I support it. God has spoken to me about a gazillion things that yeah. he didn't talk to her about. And but I at the end of the day, it. she supports it. So we're supposed to support one another, right? For us to be one, it can't be, one. once again, going back to manipulation. It has to be that I'm here to support my spouse and she's here to support me. And we, I will make sacrifices, whatever I have to do to make sure that her dreams or fulfill and that she's successful. She will make sacrifices for me. And then watch this. We are each other's biggest fan. Right. Like you need to put that in the chat. You need to celebrate your spouse. You Nobody need to should be your celebrate spouse. your spouse more right. than you do. Like Nobody. Right. Now, Nobody I'll, should tell your spouse she's beautiful more than you do. Or vice versa. Or you tell your husband he's handsome more than you do. It should be you. You should be each other's biggest fan. You should be each other's biggest supporter. You should be the one that when everybody's saying like, in my family, my whole family was telling me, are you crazy? Why would you do that? You're retiring. Why, do you, why would you start a business? You can't do that. You don't know nothing about business. Nobody in our family started business. My, I turned to my husband and when everybody was telling me no, my husband was saying, yes, we could do this because if God said that we could do it, we could do it. If God tells us to do it, we could do it. So nobody should be your spouse either side, male or female, biggest fan than each other. Yeah. And at the time, honestly, when the Lord told her to start the business, there was a lot of things about business that Isabella didn't know. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, if that's what God said, we're going to have to work through this. And we just worked through it. At the end of the day, we worked through it. But we're, we're there to support one another. I put some some other stuff in the chat. But you should you should be your spouse's big, biggest fan. You should be there to support your spouse. That's how you two come together as one. Her success is my success. My right. success is her success. Why? Because we're one. And you know, and like some, for example, I was talking to my one of my friends the other day and I was telling him the story about this one guy. And this guy was like, if I have to work three jobs, I'm going to work three jobs because there is no way I'm making my wife make more money than I do. And I'm like, that doesn't was, even sound right. I was like, I that said, sounds good to me. I said, listen to yourself. Like, why would you... Why would it matter to you that your wife make more money than you? You should be happy your wife makes more money than you. The money is for both of y'all. 
right? So there is no way Ricardo is going to be like, no, you need to stop inspired solutions. Stop the money that you're making because it's now surpassing my paycheck. It doesn't make any sense. You should support your wife. If your wife is making more money than you, so what? But there is literally, and that person is from the church that literally will not support, not from our church, but he's, he go, he's a Christian that say, I don't care what you said. There is no way I'm going to allow my wife to make. And that's insecurity in his own self and learning. And he has to learn to die to self to allow his wife to grow because now he's kind of stifling his wife and her growth in her job because he's trying to prevent her from making more money than he does. And it doesn't matter. And the other way goes around too. I mean, like some wives could be, I'm not going to sit there. I, I want my husband to respect me. I'm going to make sure that I make more money than him. It's not about that. It's about coming together. The money's for the whole family. So who cares who brings in the most? As long as it comes in, yeah. it shouldn't matter who brings in the most. So these are just some easy things that destroys people's marriage. And he's having this hard time with his wife because he doesn't want to see his wife be better than him or grow more than he does. And because he's stuck and he wants his wife stuck, you know, so it, 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 is, a, it is a bad place to be. So if there's any one of you all on here, um, the guy that I was talking to don't go to our congregation, but you know, cause I would have totally take him to Pastor Tony, but um, <laughs> you know, um, if, if that's any one of you all over there, that's something you have to sit down and talk to your spouse about and resolve with your spouse. Cause it shouldn't matter. You should always be each other's best supporter. If your wife say, I want to do something when everybody else thinks she can't, though it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. But if a husband tell her she can't, I know for me that it, it will destroy me if my husband tell me I can't, or if my husband said he will not support me because that's how important my husband words mean to me. Yeah. And, it, and it should be the same for the husband or the wife. Nobody's words should matter more to her than mine. Yeah. And nobody's words are going to matter more to me than hers. And at the end of the day, let me just say this. I'm going to slide this in real quick and then we'll close and open it up for Q&A. And this is not, I'm not telling you I have scripture on this, but I, I just, I personally just don't understand it. Like, you know how the Apostle Paul says, uh, I'm writing this by permission. I'm, I'm saying this by permission. This is Rick Pena. It's hard to be one when you have separate money. Like, I don't understand the separate money thing, by the way. I, I, I don't get it. Like, at the end of the day, if you guys are one, you guys are one. All right, that's enough. All right, so we close. Let me close. Uh, so let's open it up for Q&A. I don't see any questions in the chat. So either you could put questions in the chat or you could come off mute if you have any questions or comments or concerns. If you have questions, ask the question. If you have a concern, express the concern. If you have a comment, make it brief. Go ahead. There's right there, Ivana. Oh, go ahead, Ivana. And Dave. Hey, uh, thank you so much for inviting us. Um, Dave here and uh, super amazing to hear and, and laugh and so much truth also at the same time and so much empowerment from this session. So thank you so much. Uh, you, I hear you talk a lot about like hearing from God. Uh, sometimes maybe you hear the message separately, uh, somewhat the same message. Sometimes you hear it uh, Rick on your end and several that you hear on your end. Um, so for us, uh, we're very much as together, we want, we both of us want to do God's will and God's plans. And uh, we've been praying a lot for like, um, maybe like six months now, like and so forth to have some sort of revelation as to what is it that God wants us to do. 
So when I hear people like you say, I hear from God, or God told me this, or God told me that, I'm like, how come God, you know, I heard like from the Holy Spirit, maybe three, four times, like clear messages Mm -hmm. that I know is coming from the Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you three or four times. So I'm thinking, how come, you know, I don't hear as often, or it's not that clear. I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, we're talking, we're going to many groups. So how do I get him my phone number? (laughs) So how long, how long have you and Dave been married? Uh, 13 years. Okay. So if you guys are at a dinner party, right? And you guys, I'm sure, go to dinner parties just like us. You're at a dinner party and Dave is across the room. If he calls your name, will you hear him? Will you recognize his voice? Uh, 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 um, is his voice unique to you? Yeah, absolutely. Because you you have an intimacy with your husband. Like, like he, you will hear his voice above other people's voices or you will actually hear his voice through other people's voices because you develop an in, in, intimacy with him. So, so I, this is a question I get all the time. You actually watch today's word, so I mean, you 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 know you know where I'm going with this. But you got to spend time with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Obviously, you got to get into the Word of God. The Spirit of God will never lead you contrary to the Word of God. So, the more Word of God that you know, the closer you're going to get to know the God of the Word. The Bible contains the character, the attributes, and the nature of God. So the more you learn the, the Bible, the more you got to be attuned to God's voice. But when I say the voice of God or God spoke, uh, um, God has a myriad of ways to speak into us. He can speak to us like in an inner knowing, like it's not an audible voice, but like you just know down in your heart, like an inner knowing, like a thought that you know that, that didn't come from you. Or it could be a dream while you're sleeping, an open vision while you're awake. I don't know what it is about driving, but while I'm driving, the Holy Spirit speaks to me all the time while I'm driving. But like, you know, whatever, there's a myriad of ways. You just have to learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it will come with time. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So go to Jesus and be like, hey, you said as your sheep, I'm supposed to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. Amen. And sometimes we need to think of what clutters that, right? Because sometimes there's things in a way that clutters um, us hearing from God that he's speaking, but sometimes we're not hearing. And sometimes we spend too much time speaking to God that we don't stop to listen to God. And that is something that I always used to, I, cause I talk to God, like he's right there, like right next to me, like my homeboy, I just talk to him. Like, he my daddy, I'm just going to talk. There's no fancy language or nothing like that. I'm just going to talk to him. I'm going to remind him of his word and I'm going to talk to him, right? But sometimes while talking to God, we need to be quiet and spend some time quiet after we talk to him to listen to what he's saying to us. And sometimes I think, even for myself earlier in my prayer life, I spend a lot, a lot of time praying and talking, 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 and then I get up and I walk away. Well, I never, how you have a conversation with somebody, you never give them a chance to talk. Right. And you never took the time to listen. But we constantly pray and pray. And so I'm not sure if that's a, a problem for you, but that used to be a problem for me. That I would get down, I would read the Bible, say, God, you told me this, you did me this, and, 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 and then I get up and I grab my Bible and I walk away. He never got a chance to talk back. So sometimes probably, probably that's probably a, 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 um, one of the reasons too. Amen. I know there's going to be more. I, um, somebody asked about my notes. If you email me, I put my email address there. Email me at rick at rickpina.org and I'll send you a copy of my notes if you want them. All right. Uh, next question. You don't, you, you can, that, go ahead. Say that too fast, sir. It's, what was your email address? It's, 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 it's in the it's chat. A, it's in the chat. It's rick at rickpina.org. Rick, thank you. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks. I have a question. This okay. is Reverend Warren. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a question. First, I'm going to say thank you both for thank what, you. what in the free world. You two are supernatural power <laughs> couple. And I mean, this was so amazing. Every time you teach, man, I'm all up on my feet getting hoarse. And now you got, look, I can see why you teach so well. You got God's supernatural power pack helping you out there. So let me go ahead because you well, know me. Stop. I got a mic here and I may not let it go. Yeah, yeah. What's the question? What's the question? <laughs> the, the, point, the point is this, though, right? I'm going to piggyback on what you just shared about the intimacy with the one-on-one with our Father. Because I, I spent a lot of time today like I never did before in my years of being in the body, uh, just laying before him and stop asking him for what it is I already own because of his kingship on us as his children. So he had to show me that I was praying for things that I already have and spending more time doing the talking, as Sister Pena said, than to just ask him, what's on your heart for me today, Father? What is it that you have on your heart that you have me in the earth to fulfill on this day? And be quiet. Like she said, because I've learned now that the majority of wisdom I'm walking around with don't even fit on a pinhead. So it's important what you're sharing here is so vital about intimacy. And the last thing I'll share is this. My wife and I, we've been together, this is our 15th year now, okay? And what we've come to say to ourselves is not who's right, it's what's right. Because the word of God is the trifold cord. And what's right is his word. And there is not one issue in our marital covenant that we can't find answers to in the word of God. Right. Amen. So that's right. That decision decided that we just do not put her feelings, emotions, or wants and desires ahead of mine and vice versa. And vice versa. Yes, because sir. Because we're always seeking for God's will in his word, the trifold cord. To make it neutral when we say we both agree with you, God. Amen. Amen. Yep. Amen. All, all right. Amen. Praise God. Uh, any yeah. questions? Anybody got any questions? It sounds like somebody's, somebody's off trying mute. To talk. All right. All right. Going once, going twice. No questions. No comments. If not, we're going to release y'all. We're going to give it back to the Walters and then release y'all. We're all good. Did you enjoy the word tonight? Amen. All right. She did. Oh, my God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right.